Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. Let's try to get to know you a little better here at the start. Why don't you talk to us a bit about how you got into coaching and how you ended up here in your position at Hartford? Um, so first, I um, I played at St. Joe's University in Philadelphia for Phil Martelli. Um, you know, going back even before then, I always wanted to be a college coach because of my high school coach, Buddy Gardner, and uh, Buddy. Uh, coached me at Cardinal Higher High School, which is a well, well-known high school in Philadelphia. Um, Gene Oriama played for him. Steve Dunningu from Penn played for him. Um, so he, he's had a, uh, you know, a, many more too, but a lot of college coaches came through Buddy's program, um, and he was there for 40 years. And uh, ever ever since I was, a freshman in high school, I wanted to be a college coach, and a lot of that had to do with Bud Gardner. Uh, and then after that, I went to St. Joe's University. Um, had the fortune to play for Phil Martelli, which was a great experience. We went to the Sweet 16. Um, so those two guys were the re- reason I got into college coaching. So prior to becoming the head coach at Hartford, you had served as an assistant there. What would you say is the biggest jump that you made from being an assistant to then taking over the program? Suggestions. Then you go from suggesting to making decisions. So, um, you know, the biggest jump is no one can ever teach it to you. Um, No one can ever tell you about it. It's just something you have to learn uh, through the process. How have you seen this Hartford program grow from, from your time as an assistant to where it is now? Uh, you know, you had a great season last year. Um, you know, now in your ninth year as the head coach at Hartford, how have you seen the program grow? Well, I think any time you take over a program that um, has the tradition or lack thereof, and then, that, you know, what, what I'm saying is the winning for 40 years hasn't been to the level of anybody wants it, you know, and uh, it takes uh, time to build the infrastructure. Um, you know, Steve Dunning has a great line when he was at Cornell. Uh, it takes 10 years to take, to take a program that was in 300 RPIs and take them up. Uh, because the reality is um, you don't have the, the luxury of the best teams in your league. Uh, so you can have good years like our you know, third, fourth, uh, fifth year, and then you're, it's become cyclical until – you get to 8, 9, 10, uh, or for us, hopefully, it's 9, 10, 11, 12. Um, and really, it, it, it is based upon uh, the infrastructure and how recruiting, uh, you know, you, you understand the player you want, you understand the kid you want, um, and I think we have a great identity now, um, both in the recruiting circles and in our program. So, it's basically inside out uh, from the structure standpoint. Yeah, I think that leads us into a nice segue uh, to some questions I had on recruiting. And I know you said you, you've got a type of kid you're looking for. What type of kid are you, are you looking to recruit to Hartford? What type of player? So, one, obviously, uh, you want to recruit a talented player. But you want to recruit a player that 
is not a knee first guy. Um, so in our program, we talk about it all the time. What is a Hartford player? Hartford player, before he even picks up a basketball, is about in their natural way of being a teammate, is a great teammate. Okay. Secondly, uh, we want to recruit really talented players, but at Hartford, we don't want to recruit bad teammates that are talented because that can ruin, that can be cancerous. The reason we're so excited about this year and even the year, even next year, are the players uh, we have in our program, you know, they're not about one game. They're about 31 games. So they have a great, there's nobody getting down and there's nobody getting too high or too low off the of wins and losses. We're just kind of like, all right, how do we get as good as we can get for conference play? And that type of player that you recruit has to have the right winning mentality. And, uh, you know, I think we've learned a lot through the first nine years and we continue to learn. Yeah, one thing that's always interested me, just looking at your rosters, is you have quite an international roster, players from all over. I mean, this year you've got Serbia, Ireland, Belgium, Russia. How do you go about pitching University of Hartford to these kids uh, you know, that are coming from overseas? And what difference do you see in some of the international players as opposed to players here in the U.S.? Well, I always say this. I don't recruit internationally to say I recruit internationally. We think they're very talented players. Obviously, George Blagojevich being from Australia uh, and John Carroll being from Ireland, you know, if they were from North Jersey, we would recruit them, okay? Um, so the reality is we don't, you know, there's, there's guys that we take, that we think just fit hard for basketball. It doesn't have to do with the location. Um, but, you know, people love to, to draw that up, and that's fine, and We'll take credit for it, but we don't, we don't say, hey, let's not recruit Connecticut. I have four kids. I want to recruit Connecticut. I'm recruiting Connecticut really hard right now. I don't want to travel abroad. I mean, that, but the reality is I have to do what's best for Hartford basketball. Absolutely. So on to this year's team a bit. You've got a, a pretty senior-heavy team. What advantages do you see to having such an experienced team, especially in this modern day of college basketball, you know, where everyone's focused on the one and done type player. I think, um, this group is as special as any group I've had. Um, and I don't look at our record right now. We're going to be fine. We're going to be right there. Uh, this is the hardest non-conference schedule we've ever had. Um, we have had injuries. We've been, you know, we're finally today going into this, next virus game 100% healthy so I feel as good about our team and our program as as I ever have so this I think if we can knock on wood if we could stay healthy I think the next three months um, because of the seniors will be as enjoyable uh, for Hartford fans as ever Uh, I'm very optimistic normally but I'm very very uh, optimistic about the the character of our team so you talked about playing probably the toughest schedule you've ever played. What was the mindset in putting that schedule together? Was it to just challenge your team uh, early, go up against some tougher competition? What was your mindset there? Well, I, I, I thought about this. If we played um, an easier schedule like we've done in the past, 
we would not be ready to win at Vermont like we did last year, to win at Albany like we did last year. You have to prepare your team. And I think college coaches at our level that get it and say, you know what, I don't care if I'm five and nine or six and nine or seven and eight in the non-conference. Um, I got to get my team ready for January and February and March. There, that mindset pays off. Uh, you know, we all want to be 12 and you know, 10 in, but that doesn't mean you're winning big games in February and March. So that the mindset was the mindset, Jared, was how do we get to where we want to get to? And that is to face adversity early and often, which we've done. And I, and I think uh, one of the highlights probably for you going up in the non-conference had to be going to Cameron Indoor and playing Duke. What was that experience like for you? You guys got to go up against probably one of the best, if not the best team in the country. Some even say they beat the Cavaliers. I don't know about that. But you guys hung with them for, for, for a good part of that game. What did you get out of that experience? Well, I think if you, you know, our, our December, with the exception of the Wagner game, our December has been really, really good. So I think um, if you look at it, Duke, uh, I think we walked away from the Duke game and everyone looked at each other and thought, man, we're, we, we have a chance to be really good. Now, we need a healthy John Carroll. We need a healthy George. But uh, we kind of looked at each other, and the things that Coach K said to us privately and publicly, I think we took away from it uh, knowing where we can be January and February. You know, given that we always try to focus on some Connecticut sports here, I, I know you've always got a couple Connecticut teams on the schedule. Uh, what value do you see in playing some of the other local teams? I think it's the mo- one of the most important things to grow college basketball is to get everybody um, playing each other as much as possible. Now, sometimes schedules restrict that. Sometimes administrations don't want that. Uh, sometimes the college coach doesn't have as much control as we think. Um, you know, in some programs, like I loved the tip-off back in the day, uh, and they stopped it. You know, and, and the reality is coaches had nothing to do with it. So I think we're – I think for our sport in the state, the most one of the most important things is to play each other as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm sure you're well familiar coming from Philly and, and all those Philly schools playing each other all, all the time, giving you that uh, – that feeling, and that that would be something that'd be nice to have uh, here in Connecticut. Um, so, as you head into conference play, I, I wanted to ask you, what have you uh, been most impressed with uh, by your team, and where would you like to see improvements? Well, you know, I'm most impressed with our team and and uh, how we bring it, um, how we bring a great resiliency, how we face adversity. Um, you know, we've, we threw a gauntlet at them. We really responded. I mean, we, we, we really did. Um, and, you know, I thought our December, uh, has been great. I think we're getting a lot better. Um, the thing that, that, that we have that we're going to be sharper on is, uh, we, what we have to get sharper on is our late game execution 
um, I want to see get better. And, uh, you know, down five with, you know, with four minutes to go. Um, and I think we're going to get better at it. Uh, and I, I would assume we would when we have a full roster. Um, and then I want our bench play to keep, you know, Romaine boxes is a huge, huge key for our team. Him and Eddie Davis have to get healthy. Um, and, and they are now. So, um, we, we, if we're a hundred percent healthy, which we have not been, um, I, I think we're going to be fine. Start January 9th conference play. Yeah. So one thing I've always been interested in and has always uh, brought a smile to my face when I'm at your games is watching you on the sidelines. You're always uh, pretty active compared to some of the other coaches we see in the game. What do you hope that that your activity and your enthusiasm on the sideline does for your team? Well, you have to be yourself. So um, I'm not trying to be anybody. Just This is who I am. And I don't know any other way to be. Uh, you know, we we try to get caught up in this is the way you should look. This is the way. Look, I want everyone to be who they are. And I want the coaches, you know, the, you know I, I don't take it personally when coaches are animated against our teams because you're just coaching your team. You're into it. You're excited. So, and I'm not doing it in a negative way. I'm just really, really uh, passionate about basketball and my team. So, um, you know, I know certain people always get a kick out of how I'm so into the game. Um, it is nothing other than um, who I am and how I played. I think it's it's great to see that passion out of a coach. Um, so on the topic of, of conference play, do you like the current way things are set up where if the uh, the conference champion uh, during the postseason tournament is the team that gets the uh, automatic bid to the NCAA tournament? And I know we saw what UMBC was able to do last year after they pulled the upset, but at the time heading into that game, Vermont was you know going to be 12 or 13 seed depending if you looked at some of the projections. Do you like the way it is currently, or would you want it to change where, where the regular season conference champion would get that NCAA spot? No, I mean, the way college basketball is set up, um, you got to play your best basketball in March, and we're not college football, uh, and that's the great thing about college basketball. You know, there's a thing in college football, everyone says it, or the NFL is, you are what your record is. That's not true in college basketball. Okay? You are what your record is in March. <laughs> okay? That's what, you, that's what you are. And that's the great thing about college basketball. It's different than college football. So, you know, you, you see a 8, 9, 10, 11 seed win the NCAA tournament. You see Loyola Chicago get to the Final Four. I mean, they dominated the Valley last year. They only lost two games in the Valley. They, you know, had to win the Valley Championship to get to the NCAA tournament. But they played their best basketball in March. That's college basketball. Whoever's playing their best in March deserves to get to the NCAA tournament. I would not want to change it. Uh, we, we, we in college basketball have the crown jewel of all sports. People stop what they're doing in the NCAA tournament. And I think for teams that 
that are the six seed or the five seed or the four seed, for them to have the same hope of making the NCAA tournament at the start than Villanova and Duke, I think that's what makes college basketball so special. And I think going off of what you just said and what makes college basketball special is some of the the parity we've seen of late where anyone's really been able to beat anyone on any given day. I know you've taken teams into Rutgers and BC, some of those power five teams and beaten them. You saw what UMBC did last year. Are you under the belief that you think any team could beat anyone on any given night? Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially when you have, if you have two or three elite scorers, Anything can happen. When when you played UMBC last year, you played them three times. Did you see anything in playing them that you thought they'd be able to to make that historic upset last year? Um, honestly, no. I mean, if I, if, if anybody tells you that, uh, they're they're and look, Ryan Odom's a close friend and. I was rooting for them, but Virginia's Virginia, you know, I mean, but when you look at the game, you know, if you do a post-mortem of the game, Virginia has a real tough time with four-guard offense. You know, when Steve Dunning was at BC, you know, his shooting percentage against Virginia was pretty high. Go, Somebody should go look those numbers up because – when you have a versatile four man, it is not a traditional, you know, power five four man. Um, and you, you recruit skilled or you play a fourth guard, um, you know, because they, because on their ball screen coverage, they hedge everything. And you can get things. You can, you can really, you can get open shots. You just got to make them. And then I thought Virginia, you know, the pressure in that second half just got to them. I'll get you out of here on a couple uh, quick-hitting questions, Coach. Uh, and these are just some fun questions here. Where would you say has been the toughest environment you've played a game in? Um, obviously, as a player, the top, I mean, Duke is the t- toughest environment. And then after Duke, you know, I think – if you look at it, I think one of the hardest places to play is Vermont. I mean, they they, they do such a great job with their fans and their program. Uh, you know, I think Vermont's a really hard place to play. And then, um, you know, the last one would probably be Louisville. That, that was a daunting place, too. Yeah. And then – uh, I'm kind of one last quick hitter here. Is there a player that sticks out to you in, in your years uh, as a head coach as the best player you've had to go up against? Uh, Jameel Warney. Hmm. You know, as a player, it was Lamar Odom, uh, you know, at Rhode Island. Uh, you know, it's funny. As an assistant, it was Jameer Nelson. Um, as a player... It was Lamar Odom or David West, one of those two. Uh, and then I would say as a coach in the America East, in America East play, it was flat out to me a warning. Uh, he was so special. Awesome. 
Coach, I'll get you out of here with that one. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, hope everyone gets a chance to check out a game at uh, Chase Arena in West Hartford this year. Uh, got a lot of great America East play coming up there. So thanks for joining us, Coach. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod the host at Jared Kotler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.